right? Matthew chapter 20, and before we dive into it, uh, let's pray together and ask God to help us as we study His Word, all right? Father, we do thank you again for another day of life you've given to us. We thank you for the privilege we have to open the Word of God and study it. And I pray as we do that you would help us, that you illuminate the Scriptures to our minds this evening and help us to behold wondrous things out of thy law. Help us to apply the truths we find and the principles we find to our life to live thereby and be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Lord, help us to grow in grace and knowledge of yourself. We love you. We thank you. Help me to teach. Help me to preach this evening because without you, I know I can do nothing. We desperately need you. Be with the kids across the way as they're going through a young ladies' Bible study. May that be very encouraging and helpful to them this evening. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Matthew chapter 20, and we're going to read starting in verse number 1 through verse 15 in just a moment. But as many of you know, on, on Sunday evenings, we are going through this study together looking into different struggles or hurts in life that we can encounter from time to time. And uh, because let's just face it, we face hurts, don't we? <laughs> we do. We do. And we've seen such hurts as, as this. We've seen discouragement. Who, who here has ever faced discouragement in your life? Oh, yeah, all of us, of course. We've seen that. We, fa- we, we face that from time to time. We've, we've also looked into this study of when life isn't fair. We've looked at bitterness. We've looked at ruptured relationships. We've looked at false accusations. We've looked, even last time, we looked at this briefly, uh, the subject of depression. Uh, Because many people deal with this, uh, even even so now. It's almost like a a pandemic, really. The mental health of people is getting that way, it seems like. But people are struggling with many different things in life, and we need to know how to handle them and to go through them. Because as believers, we may be, uh, we may be struggling, we may have some difficulties, but we're not in despair, all right? There is still hope and there's victory in Christ, and we must learn and know how to deal with these different hurts. So as we continue this study on Sunday evenings, I would like to look at another hurt or another uh, struggle that some face in life, and that is this one, all right? If you're taking notes, the title of the message is this, Overcoming Disappointment. Overcoming Disappointment. All right, Matthew chapter 20, and look at verse number 1. Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go you also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out, and found others standing idle. And he saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. And when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired, about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. And when the first came, they supposed they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when he had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house. 
saying, These that have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Dost not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, go thy way. I will give unto the last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is that I evil, because I am good? So the last shall be first, the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Now in this portion of Scripture, in this text here, Jesus is teaching what we call a parable. And again, be reminded of this. A parable, simply put, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So Jesus, who, by the way, is the master storyteller, opens up this parable and speaks about, here in Matthew chapter 20, a dusty uh, Israeli marketplace. Uh, it'd be like today, it'd be like the place of an unemployment, like an unemployment office. And I guess as I'm trying to picture it in my mind, because I've worked around, um, uh, around this type of employment, what comes to my mind at least, as I think of this, is the unemployment office of labor finders or labor ready. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been around construction, you've seen and know what I'm talking about. All right. So that's kind of what I picture here, okay? People would have, would have gathered in this marketplace waiting to be hired for odd jobs. And in the Bible times, the typical workday would have been a 12-hour shift from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. But, but early one morning in the text here, a householder, as the Bible says, which would have been something like a family business owner, a householder traveled to the marketplace and hired a few workers for one penny a day, which to us sounds absolutely ridiculous, but of the day, that was the going rate. That would have been, I guess you could say, the minimum wage, all right? And so as the day went on, though, the householder began to continue to go back to the marketplace to hire additional workers until one hour, at the 11th hour, one hour at, before quitting time. And with those individuals, there was no wage agreed upon. For those that started later in the day, instead the, 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 the husbandman or the householder rather, the boss man, he said, whatsoever is right, that is what I'm going to give you. That's what you shall receive. And per the custom of the day, the workers would get paid at the end of each day. And so here in the text, the day had come to a close and the boss man began to pay the workers. But he started with the ones who came in Last, He started with the ones who were hired last. And even though the fair day's wage was for one penny, those who only worked for an hour, well, guess what? They got a full day's wage. And for those fellows, man, that would be a blessing, would it not? You only work for an hour, but you get paid for the whole day? Who wants to work like that? Yeah, me too. Well, that would have been a huge blessing for sure for these individuals. But try to picture in your mind, all right? Here's where we're getting at. Try to picture in your mind being one of the workers who began at the very first of the day. They, they were the first ones that the householder, the boss man, came and hired. But, they, but they're seeing these guys getting paid a full day's wage for only an hour of work. Now, if you saw the boss man pay those guys who want to work for an hour a full day's wage, what would be going through your mind? For me, huh? 
the bonus, I, I be getting excited too. Like, hey, they got a full day's wage. Man, what does that mean for me? I mean, I actually work for a full day. Surely I might get a full week's pay. Wouldn't that be a blessing? So maybe excitement began to build in their minds and their hearts as they especially see the, the house, household, uh, householder come and say, all right, here's your penny. Gives it to the fella who worked for an hour. It's like, oh, man, when he gets to me, it's going to be a bucket load of pennies. I can't wait. So maybe they're getting excited. Or maybe as they're thinking about the, the wage the man got, maybe, maybe they're just starting to, to do the math. They're saying, all right. Let's see, he only worked for an hour, he got this, I've worked for 12 hours, so you take the seven, carry the six, and somewhere along the line I'm going to get $27.36, something like that, right? That's probably bad math, I went to East, don't judge me, okay? But anyway, but maybe you start putting the, trying to put the math together and thinking what you're, going, what you're going to get, but you will be thinking, you're going to get, at least you're thinking, you're going to get more than what that fella got, right? Everybody with me on that? Okay. So as you're getting excited about it, you're getting pumped about what you're about to get paid, and you're impatiently waiting, the boss man comes to you and gives you this, drum roll please, one penny. Now what are you thinking about? <laughs> are you still excited? Or are you this, disappointed? I'd say probably most of us will be very disappointed. Now, after your disappointment sets in, what would you do? What would you say? Would you say, keep your penny, I'm out of here? <laughs> would you say other words probably shouldn't even say? Maybe thinking about them at least. <laughs> I don't know. But you'd be getting pretty ill and pretty mad, wouldn't you? Why? Because, well, you get disappointed. We'd only guess what we would do in a moment, but we know what these guys did, as the Bible talks about, as Jesus has given his story. We know what these individuals did. The Bible says they began to murmur. They began to murmur. Verse 11, And when they had received it, received their penny, they murmured against the goodman of the house. They murmured. What does it mean to murmur? It means to grumble in a low tone. It means to speak under your breath, to complain in a low tone. I can't believe that good for nothing, boss man. I can't believe murmur, 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 murmur. That's what murmuring is. Now, I know everybody in you never murmured in your life. I know that. I know we're all good Christians here, right? <laughs> but these guys began to murmur. Maybe they said something like this. We worked an entire day from morning till night. We worked in the heat of the day, and these guys missed out on that hot blessing. We worked in, until we were extremely exhausted from all the work that we did, but these guys didn't do half of what we did, and yet they got the same full pay. And maybe they thought the same as what uh, President Joe would say, Come on, man, this is ridiculous, right? I don't know, but they were going through something and murmuring about what was going on right here in this moment. But... To their complaints, they're murmuring. The boss man says this. Look at it again. Verse 13. Friend, I did you, I did you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me? Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Now to that question, they would have to say, Well, <clears throat> yes, <laughs> they did. But if they said yes, it would be with a very disappointing very disappointing tone. Now, 
Before we go in any further in this portion of Scripture, I do, do want us to understand that the overriding theme of this passage is, it's not necessarily dealing with this point, okay, but that's kind of the application we're taking. But the overriding theme of this passage is dealing as, is that God will fully reward His servants no matter when they entered into the work, all right? And so listen, as children of God, we're not in competition with any other believers or any other church. No, the Lord is just and He will reward us what is right. So please keep that in mind. But the lesson we're looking at this evening is this, from this portion of Scripture, is on disappointment. And no doubt, no doubt we've all have lived through a payday experience like these guys in one form or another. And well, we've just been disappointed. But maybe you're here this evening and maybe you never have been disappointed, but I have to burst your bubble and say, well, hang on, one day you will be, all right? But you need to know how to handle disappointment. Because the fact is, things in our life, they don't go like we think they should every time, and unfortunately, we can become disappointed. But when that happens, what do we do? What do we do? Let's take a few thoughts from this portion of Scripture and think on this subject of disappointment this evening. The first thing I'd like for us to consider is this, about disappointment. Number one, consider the root. Consider the root of disappointment. Let me ask you, raise your hand, all right? Who here this evening, you have ever been disappointed with people? Yeah, both hands, right? We all can put our both hands up. Surely all of us have been disappointed people time to time. Maybe you thought someone was a good individual, but then found out the opposite was true. Whether that individual was a friend, family, and sadly, yes, even, even church members. And the image that you had of that individual was shattered when they were a big disappointment to you. Listen, that does happen. I, uh, I read a story about a, about a husband and wife. And it goes this way. A woman's husband fell into a coma one day. And several months had passed by, but this lady, she sat faithfully by her husband's side every single day taking care of him. And one day, finally, this husband woke up, and he asked his wife to come and sit by his side. And he told her, honey, you know, when life, whenever life got tough, you were always, you were always there. When I lost my job, you cheered me on to find another one. When my friends left me. You were still there. When, when the bank foreclosed on the house, you refused to leave me. When I even got shot, you stuck by my side. In all of my health trials and troubles, you remained faithful. You never left me. You stayed here. And I've come to a conclusion about you, my love. And, of course, the, the, the wife looked at, at her husband and said, Well, baby, what, what conclusion is that? And he looked at her and said, Honey, the conclusion I've come to through all this is is this. You're just bad luck. I don't think that's the response she was looking for. She may have been disappointed, wouldn't you think? And men, I don't think uh, we should should ever um, um, take advice from that fella, ever, okay? But anyway... But there are sometimes roots or just disappointment we find, and we need to look at the roots that they could come from. Disappointment can come from. All right. Disappointment can come from these. Here could be, from these. Here could be a root. All right. Number one, an unrealistic belief about people. Unrealistic belief about people. You see, back in our text, there was no reason really to believe that these guys who were hired first, 
no reason to believe these workers should have received a greater wage. And by thinking this way, understand the workers themselves, they were setting themselves up for disappointment. They shouldn't have thought that way because that's not what was agreed upon, remember? The boss plainly said to each one they would receive a penny, and they agreed to that. Each worker agreed to that. The bossman agreed to that. But they had built up the situation to the point, at least in their minds, where they were convinced they would receive extra money. Look at verse 11 again. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying these, you can, you can see how they're building it up, all right, at least in their minds before they received it, saying these last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. You see, they were building it up in their, in their minds, in their lives, trying to convince themselves that they would receive extra money. And sometimes in our lives it's easy to elevate others in our minds. Maybe we would think a leader will never make a mistake. And we think those that, that, uh, that love, that we love or trust, they will never exhibit, <laughs> this is very interesting because it's so true, exhibit human weaknesses. But, alas, <laughs> they do. But expecting people to be perfect, though we may never say this, sometimes we expect it, that's unrealistic, and when we, if we expect that every time, I promise you, every time, we will be disappointed. Now, please don't think I'm saying that we need to excuse sin or excuse someone's fall or failure. For That's not what I'm saying at all. No, understand there's always consequences that does, that does follow sin. But I think the unrealistic belief that many people have today about people is this. Many people believe, it's unrealistic, but many people believe that mankind is inherently good, meaning this. People deep down, deep down, they're actually, well, they're actually good people. But understand something. It's actually the opposite. Deep down, people are bad. That includes you too. Oh, stepping on my toes. Well, I've already stomped on mine, all right? Understand, deep down, people are not inherently good. No, we are inherently bad deep down because why? We are sinners. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Understand, we are sinners by birth and by choice. So it's in our nature to be bad, to be selfish, to be sinful. We're not born good people. We're born bad people. As Paul said, if there's any good thing in me, who, what is it and who is it? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we expect people to be good and they do something that's bad, understand that unrealistic expectation can lead to disappointment. Here's what Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. But listen, when it comes... To a disappointment, a hurt, a bad hurt. It is when this can happen, we can become very disappointed even in people. You know, sometimes <clears throat> before, you, before we think or excuse someone's attitude or conduct, we just need to sometimes mark them off as, well, none of us are perfect. Sometimes we think that way. And I believe we use that phrase too many times as just an excuse. 
But understand, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and He's only good in us, and therefore, therefore we can be different and should be different. Why? Because Christ is different. Because Christ is different and Christ is the hope of glory which is in you, we can behave like Christ and be like the Lord. Here's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 25. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by, by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, here's what he's saying, listen. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, and he goes on to list all of these but at the very end of this portion of Scripture, he says this, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Meaning this, if Christ indwells you, lives in you, good night, walk as Christ walk, live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. All right. So, so what's a root? Well, yes, having an unrealistic expectation can lead, can lead to that. That's a deep root that many times we can have. All right, so there's a root. But can I encourage you to walk in the Spirit? Okay. All right, so here's what I want to see. We saw the root of it. Now I want to see this, all right? I want to see this quickly. And lastly, I told you I'm going to keep you long. Lastly, I want to see the remedy for disappointment. So if we've been talking a little bit about disappointment, maybe there is a specific situation that you've been thinking of in your past or maybe even currently and it's pressing upon your mind. And maybe you're thinking of that individual that, well, you trusted. And they failed you and they have disappointed you. And this failure, it was hurtful. And maybe it seems you can't move on from it. But how do you? How can we pick up the pieces of disappointment and move forward? How can we? What's a remedy to this? All right, number one. Here's a remedy. Recognition. All right, recognition. What do you mean by this? This is the first key to moving forward is recognizing that being disappointed, well, sometimes it's part of life, okay? We've already hit on that a little bit, but it is. Now, I'm not trying to sound like a Debbie Downer here, but rather I'm trying to be real. Disappointment is a reality in our world and in our lives. And here I'm going to prove it. You ready? I'm going to prove it with one word. And your, your face is going to change right now, I guarantee it. You ready? Here's how we know disappointment is real. Politics. You're laughing. Some of you did this. Some of you rolled your eyes. Some of your face sank. You know, your heart sunk, whatever. Politics, yeah. Uh, listen, disappointment is just real. It's, in, it's a reality. It's in our world. And listen, like one person said, the best of men are men at best. We live in an imperfect world because we're a world made up of imperfect people. And the sooner we recognize this, it will prepare us to respond the right way when we're disappointed. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 4. For he, that's the Lord, knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are but dust. Even the Lord knows what we're made up of. Yes, he is grieved when we sin, but he's not taken by surprise when we sin. Understand, disappointment, it will happen. I hate it too, but surely no one hates it more than the Lord himself 
But understand, it's a realization. Okay. So number one, recognition. Number two, I want to see this, the realization. So in addition to recognizing that others will fail, we need to realize that we too are capable of failing. All right? Many times we want to harp and, and, and prod and push on other people's failures, but understand we're made of the same stuff, and we can fail. We can fail too. We can easily become disgusted with someone else's sin, but understand, understand as sinners we are capable of the same thing. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So, if we are not careful, when we look at other fallen people, or others who may have disappointed, it's easy to develop an attitude of pride and even superiority. We may think, how can they get to that point? How could they go so low? How can it be so, so disappointing? And if we allow that spirit to creep in our lives, listen, we need to stop it in its tracks, really. Because understand, by the grace of God, there go I. You know, as I thought of this, <clears throat> there's an individual that came to my mind, and I'm sure it may come to yours as you're thinking of Scripture, character in Scripture. But King David probably never, ever thought in his life he would ever commit adultery. He probably never thought he would end up being really uh, on, the, on, the, on the other end of murder, right? He never thought he would. He'd been chased and tried to be murdered himself, but he never thought he'd be a murderer. But yet there he is. Because so understand, we're all capable of this, that exact same thing. We must be careful. Understand our sin is forgiven. Amen for that. But it's not, our sin nature is not eradicated. No, recognize we're all susceptible to any sin. All right. Number three, what, what else can we do? Number three, remember. Remember. Remember what? Remember not everyone will disappoint you. <laughs> Sometimes we get in our minds after someone disappoints us, well, I ain't trusting nobody. I ain't going to be friends with nobody ever again. <laughs> Why? They're just going to disappoint me because everybody's disappointing. Okay. No, they're not. <laughs> That's a lie. It's not true. Remember, not everyone is going to disappoint you. That doesn't mean you can't trust anyone. Remember, when God pointed out Job's faithfulness, he pointed out, uh, I'm sorry, he pointed out his faithfulness in Job chapter 1 and verse number 8. The Bible says this, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? What was God doing here? He was doing this. The Lord was reflecting on, not ref, I'm sorry, not reflecting on men who had failed, but rather he was reflecting on a man who was faithful, on faithful Job. So even in the face of disappointment, remember there's still people who are faithful, who, who is going to help you, who's going to be trustworthy, who could be a great friend to you, all right? So please know that and understand that. Remember. Not everybody's going to disappoint you. Remember what God said to Elijah when Elijah thought he was the only one serving God during a troubled time in the reign of Ahab and Jezebel. Here's what the Bible says. In 1 Kings 19, 18, here's what he said. Yet I have left me, as the Lord speaking to him, I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. 
You see, Elijah thought he was the only one serving God. Everyone, is, everyone else was a disappointment except for himself. But God reminded him, not everyone's a disappointment. Not everyone. Not everyone. For every one that may fail and disappoint you, there may be two who will be faithful. Okay, that's a pretty good ratio if you ask me. So, when you think of someone in your past, maybe in your present, that has, that has been disappointing, I want you to remember someone has been faithful. I want you to remember someone has been faithful. Even, even right now, think of someone that comes to mind. Yes, we, we, we've been talking about disappointment. Maybe some faces and names come to mind. Man, they're disappointing. But stop for a second and think of those that have been faithful and not disappointed. And dwell on that a little bit. Rejoice in that a little bit. And thank God for them for a little bit. All right. So remember, number four, what do we need to do? Lastly, refocus. All right? Refocus. Sometimes... Sometimes we can have an inclination to focus in on all the wrong. And uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm tempted that way. And when we do that, it's almost impossible to rise above the disappointment. So while the world around us will disappoint, others can disappoint, yes. There may be family and friends who disappoint. Christians, believers, church people even disappoint. I'm sorry, it happens. I hate it too, but it happens. While there may be some that do, that do that, we can always look to one who will never disappoint. We can always look to Jesus. We can always look to the Lord. The Bible says this in Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. How? 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 Lord, how are you going to keep somebody in perfect peace who's, who's going through great trouble, who's going through great um, turmoil, who's highly disappointed? How are you going to keep him in perfect peace? Come on. Here's how whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. He trusteth in thee. That, that word trusteth, when you have that, uh, that uh, suffix there, e- E-T-H on the end, and the teenagers that were in, in, in class this morning or in Sunday school, they, they learned this little English lesson. All right. But uh, that last, that, that suffix there, E-T-H on, on your, in your King James Version, when it says trusteth or liveth, that, that right there, that denotes a continual action. It's always continuing. Always. All right? So if you want, if you want a perfect peace, you need to continually trusteth, all the time trusting in the Lord. Always. So how can, how can, we, how can we face disappointment? By keeping your mind stayed on the Lord and continually trusting in Him. Even, even, when people disappoint you, even when situations disappoint you, he will never disappoint you. Refocus once again and get your mind upon the Lord. Christ is the only one who will not disappoint you. Why? Because he's the Lord. He's perfect. And he's unchanging. We know these verses, but I want to remind you of them again. Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. James 1, 17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. That word variableness and shadow of turning means it's not even one centimeter, centimeter one inch of turning away from you, uh, from the Lord. He's not going to turn. He's not going to change. Not one bit. He's the same. So focus in. Focus in on the Lord instead of imperfect people. Focus in on the perfect God. Refocus in on Him. The Bible says in Psalm 62, 5, My soul wait thou only 
upon God, for my redemption is from Him. Wait upon the Lord. Focus in upon the Lord. Keep your mind stayed upon the Lord. So, I hate it too. I don't like being disappointed. And I really don't like to disappoint others. I'm sure I have. Maybe I've disappointed you. I'm sorry. But I don't like it either. But disappointment is something that we will face in our life from time to time. I don't like it. But it's there. But we need to understand how we can rise above it. And here's how you do it. By keeping your focus upon the Lord. So maybe you're facing some disappointment today. Can I get you to get your eyes off that individual or that circumstance and get it on to God? 